The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Although you might not know this, age-related disease and health decline can start in our 60s, our 50s, our 40s, even our 30s. What you don't know can harm you. But with the right knowledge about your health and your body, these age-related issues can be prevented or even reversed. You'll get that knowledge today on Healthy Aging with Dr. Denise Bogard. Dr. Bogard and her guests will answer your questions about your health. We want you to age gracefully. Now, here is Dr. Denise Bogard. Good morning. This morning, we're going to talk about inflammation. I call it the silent killer. Primarily, chronic inflammation. When I see my patients, I I look at every system involved. And uh, earlier, we talked about hormones. We talked about cardiovascular. We talked about diabetes. And now we're going to talk about inflammation. In association with this, I'll be covering a lot of stuff on the GI tract because it has an intimate relationship with inflammation. Inflammation is part of the body's healing. In acute inflammation, you see redness, swelling, warmth, and pain. Take, for example, a cut on your finger. The bacteria race in to break through the break in the skin. Your body recognizes the bacteria as a foreign invader and attempts to defend itself. Blood vessels loosen up so that the plasma, which is the liquid part of the blood, can leak into the surrounding tissue. Immune cells in the plasma come in contact with the bacteria and begin to do battle. This flooding causes swelling and creates tension in the area, triggering pain. Red blood cells escape from the loosened blood vessels, causing redness. The increased circulation of fluids promotes warmth. As the immune system cells fight to destroy the bacteria, there are chemicals released that are designed to destroy the bacteria, devouring it, protecting the body. Sooner or later, the bacteria are killed, the excess fluid is reabsorbed, the debris is cleared away, the pain recedes, and the body returns to normal. This kind of inflammation is short-term, beneficial, and necessary. Without it, we could not survive. But inflammation becomes a problem if it is chronic and long-lasting after the initial danger has been dealt with. With chronic inflammation, the body keeps sending out 
immune system fighters after the battle is won. The system gets stuck in the fight mode, and the chemicals continually released by the immune system cells to defend the body wind up damaging and killing the body's own cells. Instead of protecting the body, the inflammatory process started to destroy the body. Chronic inflammation is known to play a role in many, if not most, of chronic diseases, including autoimmune diseases, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, Parkinson's, psoriasis, eczema, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, asthma, cancer, Alzheimer's, in addition to many other diseases and conditions. It's easy to recognize the, sh- the signs of the short-term inflammation, but chronic inflammation is hidden inside the body, and you can't always see the overt signs. How do you know if it exists? Your doctor can track inflammation by measuring certain substances that rise as inflammation increases and fall as it fades away. One of the prominent indicators of all inflammation is the high sensitivity C reactive protein. This is the most predictive of all inflammation indicators and of all inflammatory risk factors and mediators. The HSCRP is backed by the best scientific research. Any infection will trigger an increase in the HSCRP, including periodontal disease, H. pylori infection in the GI tract, a sore throat, pneumonia, colitis, bladder infection, sinusitis, etc. If there's no obvious reason for an elevated HSCRP, the inflammation is thought to be of a chronic nature. Although the HSCRP is not itself an infection, it acts in many ways to promote inflammation as well as the oxidative stress and autoimmune dysfunction that harm the body. HSCRP is secreted by the liver and it's triggered by various immune agents such as interleukin-6, as well as other cytokines that are generated by the monocytes, macrophages, and adipose tissue. So that is your white blood cells and also your adipose tissue. Autoimmune disease results when the immune system perceives cells as invaders and attacks them. So this is attacking your own body. Now it's becoming evident that part of the problem may be that the body is not attacking normal cells, 
but rather cells that have been some way damaged through either oxidation with free radicals or glycation, as I mentioned earlier in the talk on diabetes. I gave the analogy of the sticky buns and your cells sticking together like a sticky bun. This happens in glycation. Rheumatoid arthritis is an example of an autoimmune disorder. In rheumatoid arthritis, the white cells, the white blood cells of the body, attack the collagen in the joints. It's now been theorized that this tissue is being damaged by free radicals or glycation. So the body sees this as foreign and attacks it. Once the white blood cells are mobilized, various inflammatory proteins allow white blood cell communication, creating excess, excess levels of various inflammation markers. Damage to the cells from free radicals cause inflammation. And then chronic inflammation goes on to generate large numbers of free radicals. So you can see it becomes a catch-22 because these free radicals go on to stimulate more inflammation. In chronic inflammatory disease, many of the systems of the body are affected and a series of other destructive forces are put into motion. Other organs and glands can be damaged, such as the thyroid, the pancreas, the heart, the arteries. And once inflammation is started into motion, it's like a forest fire raging out of control in your body. The immune system is a complicated system. Some type of tissue injury whether it be physical, chemical, or biological, occurs. This injury starts a whole cascade, as we mentioned earlier, and various chemicals and growth factors are released, which ultimately can damage the cell. In basic terms, there are two major parts of the immune system. The innate immune system, which is considered our first line of defense, and generally it's nonspecific. This is what newborns are born with, is an innate immune system. The adaptive immune system adapts over time, and it adapts as foreign substances get introduced, and it learns to fight those foreign substances. Inflammation is increased with various lifestyle maneuvers. Increased consumption of sugars and high glycemic carbohydrates. Increased consumption of alcohol. Increased consumption of trans fats and saturated fats. Obesity, smoking, sedentary lifestyle, and lack of sleep. 
chronic infections such as H. pylori in the GI tract, periodontal disease, leaky gut syndrome, and sleep apnea all contribute to chronic inflammation. I'm going to talk about the GI tract uh, for a while because it's so intimately involved in inflammation. Gastrointestinal complaints in general are among the leading reasons for seeking out health care. And it's the most common reason for hospitalization. Commonly encountered GI-related problems are diseases such as gastritis, peptic ulcer disease, colon cancer, diverticulosis, and inflammatory bowel syndrome. Even more common are the so-called functional disorders, which include chronic diarrhea, chronic constipation, bloating, and gas or flatulence. Often these are lumped together as irritable bowel syndrome, as well as we have nutrient malabsorption and esophageal reflux, commonly known as GERD. So let's talk about leaky gut syndrome or uh, commonly known as irritable bowel syndrome. 80% of the immune system is in the GI tract. So without a healthy GI tract, one does not have a healthy immune system. Hippocrates said that all diseases begin in the gut. Modern medicine is beginning to understand and accept the concept of immune and gastrointestinal health being interdependent. Leaky gut syndrome is a health disorder in which the lining of the small intestine is more permeable than it should be and it becomes subject to inflammation by various irritants. The abnormally large spaces between the cells allow entry of toxic material into the bloodstream that would, in healthier circumstances, be repelled and eliminated. The gut becomes leaky in the sense that bacteria, viruses, fungi, parasites, and their toxins, and undigested food, such as fats, proteins, carbohydrates, and their waste, that are normally not absorbed in the bloodstream in a healthy state, pass through a damaged, hyperpermeable, porous, and leaky gut. With these foreign substances, when these foreign substances enter the bloodstream, 
the immune system goes into a reaction mode and begins creating antibodies against its own tissue. Chronic overstimulation of the immune system leads to chronic inflammation and disease. All newborn mammals, including humans, have holes in their stomach and small intestines by design so that colostrum can freely enter the bloodstream. Every antibody produced against every pathogen the mother has encountered in her lifetime is transferred to her offspring. Humans receive passive immunity in the wound, yet the transfer continues with early and extended breastfeeding. Colostrum also contains the epithelial and epidermal growth factors that close the holes within two days after birth, such that the infant no longer has a leaky gut. So if colostrum can heal a leaky gut in a two-day-old infant, certainly it can do the same for the 80-year-old with leaky gut. Leaky gut has been implicated in autoimmune diseases such as rheumatoid arthritis, scleroderma, ulcerative colitis, vasculitis, multiple sclerosis, fibromyalgia, diabetes, chronic fatigue, food allergies, and sensitivities, and Alzheimer's. When we get back from the break, we'll talk more about leaky gut and other GI disorders and what we can do to prevent them and also what we can do to heal them. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to Healthy Aging with Dr. Denise Bogard. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to bogardhealth at gmail.com. And now, back to Healthy Aging. Good morning. Uh, we're going to take uh, continue where we had started this morning on inflammation. We look at both acute and chronic inflammation, but chronic inflammation is often hidden and more difficult to diagnose. And chronic inflammation itself is associated with a number of chronic diseases uh, that increase the rapidity of aging. We were talking about leaky gut and how leaky gut actually comes about as um, we start to develop holes between the cells in the stomach and the small intestine. And uh, as those holes are developed, uh, various toxins, including bacteria, fungi, parasites, undigested food all enter and look and appear as a foreign substance in the bloodstream. This causes an immune reaction and antibodies start to be formed against one's own tissue. Chronic overstimulation leads to chronic inflammation and disease. So as I mentioned, leaky gut has been implicated in autoimmune diseases such as rheumatoid arthritis, scleroderma, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, vasculitis, multiple sclerosis, fibromyalgia, diabetes, chronic fatigue syndrome, food allergies and sensitivities, and Alzheimer's disease. When inflammation occurs in a joint, rheumatoid arthritis can develop. In the brain, chronic fatigue might be the result. In the blood vessels, vasculitis may be the resulting condition. Within the gums, periodontal disease can result. In the lungs, asthma may be triggered. It's the autoantibodies that attack the lining of the gut itself. This result may be irritable bowel, ulcerative colitis, or Crohn's disease. If the bacteria cause gingivitis and these enter the bloodstream and attack the arterial walls, causing inflammation and cholesterol deposition, heart disease, and stroke may ensue. As a secondary consequence, inflammation in the gut damages the body's ability to produce IgA, which is an antibody. And without IgA, pathogens can escape into the bloodstream and infect 
any any part of the body. This leads to an increase in infections, an overstimulated immune system, and an abundance of pathogens infecting the liver, thereby creating a detoxification failure. Eventually, people suffer from loss of concentration, impaired mental abilities, decreased energy, skin infections and irritations such as hives or acne. As the skin organ attempts to detoxify that which the liver is failing to provide. Small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, it's called SIBO, a condition in which misplaced colon flora or pathogenic growth has proliferated in the small intestine. SIBO has been associated with rheumatoid arthritis, irritable bowel syndrome, and chronic diabetic diarrhea. It's also been associated with a vitamin B12 deficiency in the elderly. In many cases, removal of the small, the bacteria in the small bowel has been shown to result in improved health. <clears throat> the normal function of the GI tract <clears throat> may be compromised even in patients who do not show overt symptoms of GI dysfunction, a fact that may predispose them to other complications. For example, approximately 44% of adults self-medicate for heartburn with antacids and other medications. These drugs function by decreasing or neutralizing the level of stomach acid and therefore may hinder the adequate digestion of proteins and key nutrients like vitamin B12. Inadequate absorption of vitamin B12 has been associated with neurological effects such as senile dementia and is estimated to affect 10 to 15% of people over 60 years of age. Furthermore, low stomach acid also predisposes an individual to exacerbation of bacterial and some parasite infections. Another example is the use of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. They're called NSAIDs. These are found both by prescription and over-the-counter. They can lead to damage in the gastric mucosa. The consumption of NSAIDs has been associated with a higher incidence of upper GI complications, including gastric and duodenal ulcers as well as GI lesions and hemorrhage. 
The ability of the body to maintain healthy GI function and heal the GI barrier when its integrity is breached is integral not only to healthy aging, but to protection from many diseases and disorders. Due to the complexity of the GI tract, this is not a simple task. In my practice, um, I, I look at inflammation, inflammatory markers, and then coordinate with the GI tract how much of this is actually associated with the GI tract. A systematic approach to managing GI dysfunction and individualizing therapy for gut restoration is used in my practice. Over a lifetime, the average person ingests more than 25 tons of food. That provides the nutrients each one of us need to survive. However, this food may also contain damaging bacteria, viruses, and other toxins such as pesticides and antibiotics. The GI mucosal layer whose surface covers more than 320 square meters has the unique role of providing protection to the body and allowing in only health-promoting nutrients, molecules, and other substances. In a perfect scenario, only the beneficial nutrients and phytonutrients are absorbed into the body, while non-beneficial substances are excreted without interacting with the host cell at all. This is a perfect world, but that doesn't happen. We get exposed to, again, a number of toxins and, and as I mentioned, uh, things in the GI tract start to get altered. And as those holes increase and the spaces between the cells increase, we absorb a lot of things that we're not supposed to absorb. Our GI tract accomplishes this absorption through four mechanisms. The first one, the unique biochemistry of digestion, is where the food is digested and absorbed. The second part is a complex and extensive mucosal layer providing a barrier between the internal body and the external world. The third part is an intricate immune system. It's called the GALT, which is a gut-associated lymph system, which can elicit both a first-line and a second-line immunological defense response. And the fourth part is a beneficial symbiotic relationship between the GI tract and its microflora, the bacteria that live in the GI tract. So we'll address each one of these functions 
<clears throat> and how we um, go about uh, improving those. A lack of digestive enzymes. So digestive enzymes are used in the digestive process to digest proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. Digestive enzymes, a, a, a lack of digestive enzymes can essentially impair the entire GI system. Pancreatic dysfunction or lack of digestive enzymes is associated with aging, alcohol abuse, pancreatitis, cystic fibrosis, diabetes, gallstones, and other types of inflammation. Also, part of the digestive process is stomach acid. Stomach acid decreases with age. It's a condition often called hypochlorhydria. Hypochlorhydria is associated with increased levels of an infection called H. pylori. Studies suggest that SIBO, the small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, might be present in 50 to 100% of patients with hypochlorhydria. This can negatively affect the absorption of vitamin B12, amino acids, calcium, iron, zinc, folic acid, and vitamin B6. So you can see when you're taking an acid blocker, such as a what we call a proton pump inhibitor, like a meprazole, Nexium, Prelisec, um, you're going to block the acid production. And from that, you're going to create a situation called hyperchlorhydria. And what this does is it opens you up to increased infections um, because the healthy bacteria need the acid to thrive and the unhealthy bacteria then tend to predominate, as well as not absorbing some of the essential nutrients that you need. The GI mucosa itself is a protective mechanism. This protects... It's a mucus layer, and it protects against ingested toxins, which we get in food continually. It protects against medication reactions. So when you take a, a, a drug, many times the side effect is uh, GI disturbance, and it's going to affect your GI tract. The the mucosa itself will protect against this. Alcohol is a toxin to the GI tract. And um, the mucosal layer, again, protects against this. And other pathogens, such as bacteria and virus. A clinically important function of beneficial bacteria is their antagonistic activity towards the pathogens. 
we need those healthy bacteria to be able to fight the potential pathogenic bacteria, parasites, and fungus. What I use in my practice is a um, program called the 4R GI Restoration Program. This has been designed to help heal the GI tract. The four R's are remove, replace, re-inoculate, and regenerate. Evaluation of the GI tract and support for a healthy, balanced function can benefit the majority of people whether they have defined GI diseases or not. The first part of the 4R is the remove. Removing pathogenic bacteria, viruses, fungi, parasites, and other environmentally derived toxic substances from the GI tract are important in this process. Food allergies and intolerances should be considered as they can also exacerbate GI function. Replacing the digestive enzymes to break down proteins, carbohydrates, and fats that are normally excreted by the pancreas can improve digestion. Replacing hydrochloric acid is particularly important to consider, especially in individuals older than 60 and the ones who have been on various acid blockers. When we come back, we'll look at other parts of healing the GI tract. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to Healthy Aging with Dr. Denise Bogard. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to bogardhealth at gmail.com. And now, back to Healthy Aging. Good morning. In our last segment, we'll complete what we had started on GI health. I mentioned that GI, the, the uh, problems with the GI tract are associated with a lot of problems with chronic disease and chronic inflammation. As your GI tract is involved in about 80% of your immune system, if you don't have a healthy GI tract, you don't have a healthy immune system. In the last segment, we were talking about a program that I've adopted into my practice, which helps you restore and heal the GI tract. It's the four R's, which are removing, replacing, re-inoculating, and regenerating. So removing pathogenic bacteria, viruses, fungi, parasites, and other environmentally derived toxic substances from the GI tract are important as a first step in GI healing. Food allergies and intolerances should be considered as they can exacerbate GI functions. In my practice, we look at uh, food allergies and people get a little bit confused because what we're actually measuring is the IgG response as opposed to the IgE response. So you've got several parts of your immune system with various antibodies that help to facilitate. You've got the IgE, which is what we typically think of as an allergic reaction with the hives and the difficulty breathing. IgG reactions are more nonspecific. Sometimes we'll see that they actually uh, increase the incidence of migraines, uh, fatigue, some GI disturbances, either constipation, diarrhea, um, acid reflux, gas, bloating, very nonspecific, but um, looking at food sensitivities can help us guide our therapy. And what I recommend when we find foods that actually trigger sensitivity to actually, to avoid those foods for a period of time where you're trying to heal your GI tract and then slowly introduce the foods back. But when you introduce them back, don't repeat them uh, about every four to five days. So if you continually eat the same food over and over again, you're going to increase your risk of reaction. Replacing the digestive enzymes that break down proteins, carbohydrates, and fat, uh, these digestive enzymes are normally secreted by the pancreas and they improve digestion. 
So what we do is actually replace the digestive enzymes with each meal, as well as replacing hydrochloric acid, which is very important to consider, again, because people over 60 tend to produce a lot less acid, and a number of people are on acid blockers, so they don't have the the acid in their GI tract to be able to facilitate digestion and increase absorption and, and maintain healthy bacteria. Reinoculating refers to the reintroduction reintroduce, reintroduction of desirable bacteria with probiotics. Probiotics help synthesize various vitamins. They produce short-chain fatty acids that are necessary for the microflora, the normal microflora, to grow and function in our GI tract as well as degrading toxins and preventing colonization by pathogenic bacteria. Prebiotics promote beneficial bacteria growth and they simultaneously uh, inhibit the pathogenic flora. So that's why prebiotics are so important too to add to your diet. Regenerating refers to providing support for the healing and regeneration of the GI mucosa. Part of this healing involves removing insults that continually re-injure or irritate the mucosa. Certain substances that we can give actually help healing in the GI tract. Interestingly, plantain fruit has been used therapeutically as an anti-ulcerogenic, and it has also been shown to promote mucus secretion and stimulate mucosal cells. Glutamine is a preferred fuel for rapidly replicating cells of the GI tract. Glutamine is a non-essential amino acid and it essentially helps heal the GI mucosa. Slippery elm also helps in healing the GI epithelial cells. In my practice, um, that's part of my healing regimen. So essentially it's digestive enzymes. It's removing the things that are irritating, especially food sensitivities, replacing with digestive enzymes, re-inoculating with probiotics, and repairing with glutamine, slippery elm. Colostrum, as I mentioned earlier, was designed to prevent infections originating in the bowel. And so colostrum is used in newborns to close up their leaky gaps. And it has been found that introducing colostrum and using colostrum in patients with GI disorders helps heal the GI tract and close up those leaky gaps. It was designed to prevent infections inside the bowel close those leaky, leaky gaps and prevent opportuni opportunist infections from taking over. 
and causing an exacerbation of the leaky gut syndrome. For individuals who already have an autoimmune disorder, colostrum is absolutely essential to the healing process. Unless a permeable gut is healed, the body cannot begin to repair the damage by inflammation. As the healing begins, the amount of toxins dumped into the bloodstream will decline. Nutritional uptake will improve. The cells will have better access to the fuel that they need to repair. Organ function will improve and energy levels will improve, which ultimately improves your brain and your outlook on everything. The micronutrients that are important for GI regeneration include vitamin C, vitamin E, the carotenoids for their antioxidant effect, zinc, and vitamin B5, which is panathenic acid. Vitamin D also contributes to the maintenance of a healthy intestinal barrier and works directly with immune cells to increase function. Essential fatty acids are omega-3s and GLAs are important regulators of inflammation and tissue integrity. Again, I measure uh, fatty acid levels in the blood and try to replace those when they're deficient, as well as being able to measure other micronutrients that possibly can be deficient. I mentioned earlier that there were common irritants that were especially uh, irritating to the GI tract. These predominantly are alcohol, caffeine, gluten-containing grains, and cow's milk. When I do food sensitivities, many times we see a sensitivity to both gluten and dairy products. So when we were talking about inflammation, I mentioned that sleep apnea was also a consideration when inflammatory markers were up. Part of my uh, <clears throat> looking at the, diagno- the, the reason behind the inflammation, not only do I look at the GI tract and a persistent infection, but I also look at sleep apnea. I covered that a little bit in the cardiovascular section, and I'm just briefly going to go over that again just to reiterate how important it is to test for sleep apnea. Sleep apnea is a disorder that your breathing stops and it gets very shallow and your lungs are not getting enough air or oxygen. This can happen repeatedly during the entire duration of sleep, sometimes hundreds of times during the night. And often it can last from 30 seconds to more than a minute. Obstructive sleep apnea, the most common type, is caused by a blockage in the airway by the tongue, tonsils, or uvula. It may also be blocked by a large amount of fatty tissue in the throat, especially in people who are overweight or obese. 
if sleep apnea is left untreated, it could lead to a lot of serious health problems. When you stop breathing, drink sleep, your oxygen drops down. The brain senses there is not enough blood flowing. So it tells the body to release an adrenaline-like substance into the bloodstream that will increase the blood pressure to compensate and return the blood flow to the brain. If sleep apnea becomes persistent, the high blood pressure may increase the risk for heart failure. Heartbeats become uncoordinated. High blood pressure damages the lining of the arteries so that the artery becomes prone to fatty buildup and develops coronary artery disease. So again, in my practice, we test for sleep apnea. I have actually a device that I send home with the patients and it measures their oxygen saturation as well as uh, the position that they're sleeping and their performance in sleep. And based on that, we can do various interventions to improve their sleep. This sums up my uh, um, information on, um, or my information on inflammation. Um, As you can see, the digestive process is so important in everything that we do. Um, It breaks down food and puts it into tiny nutrients. It keeps us away from various toxins, bacteria, and uh, takes these wastes and actually eliminates them through the bowel and the kidney. So if you have anything that disrupts this, um, it tends to disrupt your GI system. We see a lot of use of um, acid blockers, non-steroidals, and also pain medications um, that, that are used frequently in medical practice. Each one of these exacerbates the process in the GI system and and it makes it a lot worse. It creates increased intestinal permeability. Chronic stress, which is something that we'll actually talk about in another segment along with the adrenal glands. Um, Aging itself. Chemotherapy and radiation therapy. Immune overload. Overuse of alcoholic beverages, as I mentioned earlier, and trauma all affect the GI tract. Um, In my practice, I try to show how every system affects every system. And as we heal each system, we create a, a better quality of life, which gives you Uh, a lot more energy to enjoy life. I appreciate your time today, and um, happy Wednesday. Thank you.
Thank you for joining us this week for Healthy Aging. Be sure to join your host, Dr. Denise Bogard, again next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again soon. 